Welcome to Hillside Baptist Church Podcast. We are a church that is committed to preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it is our privilege to open God's word with you. It is our prayer that you receive the message from the man of God with an open heart. That through God's word, you are encouraged and equipped to face life's challenges. But most importantly, it is our prayer that you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior if you haven't already. If you'd like to connect with us, you can do so at hillsidebc.com, find us on Facebook, or send us an email at info at hillsidebc.com. We hope that you benefit from today's message and that you would share it with a friend. But let's now open our hearts and God's Word. Well, tonight is a special night as we look in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 9. I want to invite your attention there. Make sure you grab one of our calendars that we distributed. I give some of the bird's eye view of some of the events going on through the year. Of course, you can capture some of that on our website and uh, see and says those things, uh, the more detailed view on there. Uh, but um, we're going to look tonight at a little bit of a vision for what God has for us in the days ahead. And I will give a disclaimer uh, that uh, the Lord's in control. Amen. And uh, sometimes the best laid plans of mice and men, you know how it goes. Amen. But we're trying to do the very best with what God has given us and the time that God has given us. And so we want to share some of those with you. Before Jeff President James Garfield was a president, before he was ever in politics, uh, he taught at a college named Hiram College in Ohio. He was ambidextrous, Garfield was, and would amuse his students oftentimes by writing on a chalkboard with both hands at the same time, one in Greek and one in Latin, and all, all to the amazement of his students. It is said on one occasion that one of the fathers came to Garfield and complained that his academic course was too hard. Imagine that, a guy who can write in Greek in one hand and Latin in the other at the same time creating a course that's hard for the common man. Well, his reply was simply, certainly I can shorten the academic process. Certainly I can make it easier. He says, but it all depends on what you want to make out of your boy. When God makes an oak tree, he takes hundreds of years. When God wants to make a squash, he takes only two months. What do you want out of your boy? You know, in a world full of people looking for shortcuts to success and ways to avoid work, God has called us to work patiently, diligently, and consistently. And as we look in 1 Corinthians 3.9, what we see is this call to be laborers together with God. And what a great blessing it is that we are co-laborers together, uh, not just with one another, but with the Lord. And we'll look at that a little bit more intently here tonight. Regardless, uh, what we see is regardless of those, what those around us wouldn't do, what God has called us to do is be faithful. And listen, God wants us to make sure that we're not looking for shortcuts, we're just looking to be faithful. Now this morning as we studied 1 Corinthians 3, uh, verses 1 through 14, I, I just kind of glanced over verse number 9, but we're going to go there tonight. It's going to be our, our central verse this evening uh, because I wanted to spend some time focusing on that. So look there with me, 1 Corinthians 3 and verse number 9. And we're going to read this. Would you read this out loud with me together? Ready? Begin. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. Let's stop and pray. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Lord, for the scriptures. Thank you for the opportunity to be in church tonight. And God, we are anticipating, uh, Lord, a great year as we labor together with you. Uh, Lord, it's impossible uh, to do anything great uh, but Lord, we know that you 
are greater than our impossibilities. And so we rest in you. We're confident in you. Help us, Lord, to look forward with uh, uh, just a passion and a desire to labor together with you. In Christ's name, amen. When think about that word work, uh, and work, labor, toil, exertion, effort, industry, you know, some people count that word as one of those dirty four-letter words. Especially some of our current generation feel like maybe work is one of those words that you just should not say at all. But you know, God ordained work. In Genesis 2.15, the Bible says, And the Lord God took the man, put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and keep it. Before the curse, before anything else, God created work for man. He gave us a purpose. You see, God wanted us to be productive. Did you know in eternity, for Revelation 22 and verse number 3, He's going to put us again to service. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and the Lamb of God shall be in it, and His servants shall serve Him. Man, we think, man, when I, get, when I die, we'll have to work anymore. And God says, that's what you think. Listen, we're going to serve Him there. It's going to be a great work. Work is not a curse. And this is the thing we've got to recapture in our minds. Rather, the curse was on the ground. It was not on the work. And look in Genesis chapter 3, 17 through 19. And, and unto Adam said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Uh, that must be why I don't like salad. Thorns also and thistles shall bring it forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return to the ground, for out of it was thou taken, and for dust thou, uh, thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. You know, in a few short weeks, uh, I, I know my wife's going to say, John, it's time to till the garden. And I'm like, all right, let's go till the garden. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get out there with that tiller, and I'm going to begin to work, and the sweat's going to be coming down. Oh, just to have sweat today. Wouldn't that be nice? And then be out there, and, and my next thing you know, be churning up rocks more than anything else. Anybody else have a garden like that? Welcome to Southwest Missouri. And then later in the growing season, we'll hear, see those nasty weeds rear their ugly heads, and, and those thorns and those thistles will be in the front fence rows, and, and we'll be out there trying to pick those blackberries, and the, the thistles will get us as we're trying to make the harvest. Listen, this is all part of the curse, but the curse was not the labor, was not the work. It was on that source of our labor. As we took time last year to know Christ more, out of Him flows a natural, out of that love flows a natural desire to love and to, and to show our love by serving our Lord. You know, the more I love the Lord, the more I say, Lord, I can't get enough of just, of just serving you. The more I love my wife, the more I want to serve her. I want to be a help to her. The more I want to be a blessing to her. And listen, we ought never to serve the Lord solely out of duty, but primarily out of our love for the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember 1 John chapter 4, verse 9, it says, In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him herein is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. You see, His love for us became that, that, that template for our life to love one another. His love for us then became that uh, impetus in our life to be able to serve Him. So what flows from that deep love of God but a willing heart to labor? William Sidney Porter is better known by his pen name of O. Henry. He was one of the most popular authors in America at the turn of the last century, and he wrote for years, really. Uh, but his literary career literally took off from prison. 
Porter had been convicted of embezzlement from a bank where he had worked in Texas. The evidence is not sure whether it was carelessness or, or what had happened, but either ways, he was sentenced to five years in prison. And while he was there, he wrote and published several different books and established himself as a premier author. In his interactions with others, O'Henry displayed the same wit and it filled his story. And it said at one time he went to the publishing house to receive a check from the publisher and he went in and the office to get the check in person and, and they, uh, they, the secretary at the desk informed him and says, I'm sorry, Mr. Henry. She said, but the man uh, who signed your checks is out today because he sprained his ankle. And he looked at her and said, does he sign his, the checks with his feet? Listen, when we're trying to avoid to do something, you notice that any excuse will do. I always say that a man who wants to do something is going to find a way. A man who doesn't is going to find an excuse. And yet we see this call here that we are laboring together with Christ. And so the good thing is, even when I'm exhausted, even when I'm worn out, he says, be not weary well doing, for thou shalt reap if thou I faint not. And, and we have this encouragement throughout Scripture. Listen, we are not alone in our labor for Christ. And so we'll look at that a little bit more in depth in just a moment. But Paul wrote to this church in Corinth, and he was instructing them regarding their love for Christ above all else. Remember, it's all about Jesus. And he wanted them, listen, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and thy soul and thy mind. You see, covetousness and pride diminish their love for the Lord so that Paul called them back just to serve in the Lord out of a true and pure love. And that's really where it starts from everything else. Remember, serving from a motivation of love for Christ eliminates the need to be elevated above others so that we can have that mind of Christ. The scriptures say in Philippians 2, who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. You see, serving from a motivation of love for Christ eliminates divisions. The scripture says in 1 Peter 4, 8 through 10, Above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. You see, Paul emphasized that when our hearts are kept on Christ, then we can clearly see clearly to be able to labor with the right person and the right purpose. And that's the greatest thing that we see here is who we labor together with. From our passage, we glean our theme, laborers together. Verse 9, once again, says, For we are laborers together with God. And there is both this, this calling then uh, to see who we co-labor with. We labor with Christ, and that's important. We're serving Christ, but we never labor alone. Matthew 28, 20 says, Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever commanded you. And here's the great promise. I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. This is the promise that Christ left with us. This is the, one of the last things he would have told his disciples was, Listen, I am with you even unto the end. And that means in 2024, God's not left us. Amen. Thank you. That's a good place to put an amen. And I think it's important for us as a church to be reminded, listen, when we enter in a building program or we enter into trying to win souls for Jesus Christ, we never do it alone. God is with us. The promise is that Christ, and listen to this, this promise from Hebrews, Hebrews 13, 5 and 6, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Now listen, the world may abandon you, your parents may forget to forsake you. All of these things may have happen, but Christ said, I will never leave thee. 
so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. You see what he said? He said, because of his presence, I can boldly say, Satan, I don't care. This is not your day. This is the Lord's day, and he is my helper. I'm not afraid. You see, He is our help. He is our hope. He is the reason we can stand. And He remains the central figure of our life, even when others forsake us. In Psalms 27, one of this, in this beautifully written psalm, and one day we'll make it our, uh, our, our chapter to memorize, because it's such a powerful chapter in the Bible. But Psalm 27, verses 9 through 11 says, Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. And he says, Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. And then he makes this connection. When my father and mother forsake me. Now, that doesn't happen very often. But he says, When my father and mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord. Lead me in a plain path because of thine enemies. Listen, when everybody else abandons me, I have the Lord Jesus Christ because I'm a co-laborer with Christ. Oftentimes in partnerships, you've heard of a silent partner, right? They bought into the company, but they don't have much influence there. They're just there to glean some of the profits. But no Christian should ever have Christ as a silent partner. Listen to a couple of quotes. One from A.B. Simpson. Uh, he indicated the majority of us when he said this, Our God has boundless resources. The only limit is in us. Our asking, our thinking, our praying are too small. Our expectations are too limited. It reminds me of Ephesians 3.20, uh, that our God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or even think. Listen, our God is much bigger than we, than we try to squeeze Him into our little box of this life. And we've got to be confident that that same God who worked in the Bible days, that same God that we read about here, who was able to bring fire down on a mountain for Elijah at Mount Carmel, that same God that brought Jonah out of the well, the same God that resurrected the Lord Jesus Christ, that same God is still alive and at work in our generation today. J. Hudson Taylor said this, Many Christians estimate difficulties in the light of their own resources, and thus attempt little, and often fail in the little they attempt. This year, we make goals, and we all make a little goal, something, maybe become a little healthier, maybe to get out of debt, to trim our budget. And these are good goals, but the question must be asked, what would God have us to do? Let me remind you of a couple of things that are just across the board. First and foremost, God wants you to be saved. God is not willing that any should perish. 2 Peter 3.9, it says, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us. We're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to the knowledge of repentance. The whole reason that Jesus came was so that the world might be saved. He offers this gift freely to all who will accept Him. And His number one desire for all of the world, for all of Springfield, for your neighbors and my neighbors across the street and around the corner, His desire for all men is that they might be saved. That's the number one desire. You know what's the number one desire for, for my heart? Is that God will let us see people saved in the coming year. That God would help us to see people turn to the Lord Jesus Christ and those waters of baptism that were stirred this morning would continually be stirred and God would help us to see people continually put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and follow Him daily and not just in, in the moment but in their day-to-day-to-day -day -day life. And that's the second thing God wants is us to grow in grace. We dealt with this this morning. But let me remind you what Peter says in 2 Peter 3.18, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. 
To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Micah 6, 8. And he sums it all up and he says, He hath showed thee, O man, what is good. And what did the Lord require of thee but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. It's growing in grace, growing in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. There are several ways this year we want to encourage this. And we realize that God wants us to love Him more. God wants us to be able to grow in Him more. And one of the ways that we've done this is by again, distributing an annual Bible reading calendar. And there, there's still some in the track rack outside. I would encourage you to grab one of those. Begin to read the Word of God for yourself. Uh, and, uh, and, and that is one of the most important things we can do because the Bible says in Romans 10, 17, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing what, church? That's it. Our ladies, I'm so thankful for our ladies. Don't we have some wonderful ladies at Hillside? I tell you, they are, they are such a, a source of joy to me uh, and to our family. And I want to thank the Lord for uh, Sister Vicki, who's led our ladies' Bible study for the last, I think, two years. I think this year will be the second year. And on top of that, I want to share something new with you that we're going to do this year in a men's Bible study entitled simply Shop Talk. And so they're going to invite, I'm going to invite them into our house uh, where we're going to uh, meet in my shop. Amen. That's a nice manly place. There's going to be lots of sawdust and man glitter and out there. And uh, I may not clean it, clean it up before you come. I don't know. But either way, we're going to get in the Word of God. And the whole, the whole thing is going to be geared around helping men to lead their families into a closer walk with Jesus Christ. And if it's just you and your wife, there still is things that you can glean. I'll invite you to join us. It'll kick off March 2nd. It's on your calendar that we distributed. This year also our desire is to help you grow in your faith. And so Wednesday night we kicked off a new series called Mining for Gold. And I want to encourage you to be present on Wednesday if you're not involved in a ministry. But I really want to encourage all of our church members to be here for these as we look at the Word of God. We're going to look at how the Word of God is broken up and, and, and then also how we can study the Word of God together. And so it'll be a tremendous time on a Wednesday night, and it's geared, it will be geared toward believers growing together in grace. Also want to encourage you, this is my son has been begging me for all day. Dad, what's the chapter for the new year? Dad, what's the chapter for the new year? Are you ready, Josiah? It's Romans chapter 12. Romans 12. Fantastic portion of Scripture. And I bet some of you already know verses 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service, and be not conformed unto this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. See, you already got part of it down. You already got a leg up from last year. Good job. And so I want to encourage you, memorize the Scripture with us as a church. This, is a, this plays a special role as we meditate on the Word of God to help us grow in grace together. Listen, our whole goal is to help you know the Lord Jesus Christ. Our whole desire is through this coming year is that you would not only know Him, but you would love Him with a greater love. So as we labor, it's not out of a, a, just a sense of duty, but out of a, a deep love for our Savior. Listen, there is no God like our God. There's no Lord like our Lord. And, and as we come together as a church body and we look forward to this coming year, let me just encourage you that, that you, uh, as we plug in and we, uh, to the Lord, He will never leave us disappointed. But I want to point out something else. We don't just labor with Christ. We labor together as a church. I'm thankful for our church. I don't know that there's any church. There is no church quite like Hillside. Uh, every church is made up of different personalities and different people. And I tell you, this is a special place that has been home for our family for over 22 years. 
But this is what the Bible says in Hebrews 12.1. After the hall of faith, and we see those great men and women of faith that are mentioned there, Hebrews 12.1 says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, those that have gone before, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which just so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. But we look around us, and God has given us a church family that we get to labor among. Listen, there's a host of encouragers right here in this wall, a host of people that, when, man, when, when, the, when things are difficult, we can, we can lean on one another. Boy, there have been times where uh, my family and I have walked through difficulties, and our church family rallied around us, and they said, listen, we want to walk with you through these things. There have been times where you've walked through personal uh, trials and different uh, difficulties, and your church family, and we've been able to just come around you and just love on you and walk with you through those things. You see, those are what God has called us to. We labor together for the cause of Jesus Christ. Listen, all around us, God calls us to strengthen one another, to bring to, and into the body of Christ our talents, our gifts, our abilities. Romans chapter 12, let me just point something out of this particular passage. He says, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. And he says, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. And he goes on and talks about ministering, minister. And, and, and he talks about these different gifts. But listen, we use the gifts that God has given us in the body of Christ. Listen, it is a joy as a pastor to look and to see our church family love on one another. This week I sat down with Sister Faye Williams and we've missed her in church for the last five weeks or so after she broke an ankle. And as I sat down and she shared with me what a blessing the meal train has been to her. I want to thank Sister Sharon for all the work that she does to help our meal train uh, be a, a ministry to those who are going through difficulties. Man, what a joy it was to be able to sit down with Mark and Donna and they shared with me how that, uh, how that uh, you are just loving on them through this trial they're going through. You see, we are laboring together for the cause of Christ. Man, we've, we have scheduled fellowship lunches during the winter so those who can't drive at night can have uh, time to fellowship. We have single seniors luncheons that we have, we have designed all for the desire to bring fellowship together. Listen, if we're to labor together with Christ, I want to encourage our church family that it takes three to thrive. Now, I know that this is countercultural uh, for the average church today is just to do one church service Sunday morning and that's it and you're good for the week. But I really want to encourage you, if you want to plug into the Lord Jesus Christ, if you want to grow together, then it really takes uh, more than just one service. Man, be and get involved in a connection group. Be involved in church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Listen, these are important times that helps us to grow in our faith and especially grow together. Listen, we can't go into a building program. We can't uh, continue to reach out into our community if we are broken in our fellowship. And so let me just encourage you to be together, be present where God can work in your life. Psalm chapter 34 and verse number 3 says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt His name together. You see, that whole idea of this corporate worship, this whole idea means that we must gather together. And the Bible says in Hebrews, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. And so let us be fervent in that. A couple other things I want to mention. I don't have any special graphics for this, but I'm uh, really excited to announce that, uh, that uh, we will be unveiling a, a, a directory app for your phone. And so phone numbers, addresses, those things uh, will be made available to all of our church family uh, in the next... Yes. 
we got preliminary, we got approval to be on the docket as a test subject this month sometime. Uh, but so th we know that that will come be unveiled uh, fully in the very, very near future. I don't know if that means we get to share it with everyone in January, February, or if that's going to be March or April before that comes out. But I'm excited to be able to share about that. If you don't have that capability on your phone, we can always print a directory for you. But I know that's been a big, uh, a big uh, issue, uh, not being able to stay connected with whose phone number is this and where, who, where they live. And so we want to, we see that. We know it's a problem. We want to try to fix that. We do have contacts. If this doesn't work where we can do a more traditional director, but this is step one for us. The second thing I want to encourage you is prayer. You know, we labor together. That means we must labor together in prayer. And one of the things that have been burdened that God would help us to find ways to pray together and for one another. Listen, when we are able to serve Christ in a greater way, when we serve the Lord together, and as a church learned in that first church, we can have unity in the same way God wants us to have unity in this first year. So we labor together because we serve the right person, but we also have the right purpose. Now this is really good. Right here, you ever, you ever had a job that didn't make sense? A pastor told, often told me, he said, yeah, when I was a kid, my dad would have us pile, take a pile of rocks and he'd have, him, have us move them over here. And then when he got home, he said, good job. At the end of the day, to have us move those rocks over here. He said, I don't know why in the world he'd have us do that. The other day, my dad and I were working on, our, uh, on my, he was up at the house and I said, hey, free labor. Isn't that great? And so I had a stack of firewood we'd split and, and got it ready. And, and so uh, in my racks of wood there, I had uh, seasoned firewood already in the back, and I needed to pull that off and put the, the green wood in the back and put the seasoned wood in the front. Y'all know that this chore is like, right? And so I, I, we're unloading all this stuff, and my dad said, Why are we doing this again? <laughs> Listen, understanding why is vital. Understanding who we do it with is important, and understanding the why is, is important so we commit our time, our talent, our treasures to help in any way to see it, a project succeed. In Colossians 3, Paul encouraged the church in Philippi that the purpose of their labor was for the Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians 3.23, And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. Isn't that good? Man, it is good that nothing that is done here on this earth will ever uh, be missed by God. I may, I may not always see when somebody serves, but my God never misses it. Listen, Christ is the center of what we do here. And that's why the heart of 1 Corinthians 3 is to instill in the minds of believers, it's all about Jesus Christ. Although very young, the early church is a good example. And they knew what it was to be committed. They knew what it was to, uh, when they received Jesus Christ, to respond with such love and gratitude, to, to be overwhelmed with joy for God, that the response was literally just surrender themselves completely, to lay it all down. Acts chapter 2 and verse 44 says, And all that believed were together and had all things common, and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. They said, listen, we just surrender ourselves to Christ to help however we can. They knew their purpose was not just to live for monetary needs of this life. Instead, they had a brand new and a greater purpose than ever before. This year, as we labor together, we have a purpose. Our purpose is to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Our purpose is to win the lost. Our purpose is to continue to train and disciple. Our purpose now this year is also going to encompass continually building the house of God. 
And even these buildings are for the purpose of reaching souls for Christ. I want to share with you some of the design plans for our building. And we've laid them out there, and we've made a few changes there. And I want to just show a few of these design aspects here. Brian, is there any way to blow any of this up? That's all we got. All right. And so if you brought your binoculars tonight... We are going to dim the lights to make it easier to see some of this, so just bear with us as the light goes a little. Go ahead and dim them however you need to. But uh, these, these plans we have prayed over, we've drafted, uh, and we have drawn them up. I want to thank Brother Greg for his uh, incredible labor, and he's done a lot of this because he loves his church and he loves his Lord. Uh, we have paid him, but I want to just encourage you uh, that he, we... We owe him way more than he's ever charged us. All right, so let me just begin with some preliminary plans. This is everything currently. Uh, yeah, wrong switch. There it is. All right, so right here, this is where you're sitting in this building right here. I'm right there. All right, so here is our old building. This is the original structure built in 76. This is built in 94, 2009. All right, so this is where we're serving right now. This is what we're proposing to build starting here in 2024. And so as we look here, we're going to look at these plans a little bit more specifically. Next slide, please. As we go, this is going to be the main uh, floor here. This comes in from that south entrance. So if you're coming down the hallway here, uh, it will dump right into, God willing, same level, just right into this area here. This is a large, uh, uh, can be basketball. Brother uh, Dennis Ebert wants pickleball. Uh, but fellowship, a place for us to be able to gather together and minister. When we had our, our, um, our meal, uh, Thanksgiving meal, and we had our Christmas meal, and we had these special times together, we couldn't, especially Thanksgiving, we couldn't all be together. And how it hurt my heart that some families were down on the other end of the building because they couldn't squeeze in the fellowship hall. Listen, I hate that. And so God is going to give us an opportunity to have all of our church families together for fellowship, but also right here on the side, you have classroom, 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 classroom. Uh, there's four adult classroom spaces right here where we can open up new teaching opportunities, new classroom opportunities right here for our adult teachers. There's storage here, a platform. We'll look at that a little bit. Hopefully you can see it clearly. A couple of large bathrooms. This again is storage. So all the tables and chairs will go into the storage area here. This is a nice large kitchen. Uh, and this is uh, so large, I think even Doug Sedgwick smiles uh, when he looks at it. Where are you, Brother Doug? Is it good? Thumbs up. All right. Nice big storage area. Maybe even Jerry will be happy with that. Amen. All right. Listen, what, what we're trying to facilitate is a couple of things. Ministry to reach people for Jesus Christ. We recognize uh, that oftentimes... People will come to know Christ if you have an event uh, where, where you're teaching them some sort of a skill. And this would be a great opportunity for a basketball program or uh, maybe a pickleball program or something where you can teach people and share with them the gospel. Next slide, please. Below this, this is a three-level building, the, the bottom level. This is going to be uh, on this main, the main level we just looked at. This is the basement level. This will face these, the south parking lot down here where the dumpster sits. This right here are two, uh, two different apartments for missionaries that visit. And so this allows us to be able to house them on site, to be able to take care of, better care of them. Currently, we spend, uh, and, and hotel fees have gotten really, really expensive, but this will allow us to be able to utilize that. A nice storage area, a ground level would also uh, be a great place if there is any kind of uh, inclement weather for us to be able to get to a safe zone, as this is all concrete underground here. 
All right, those are just an enlargement there. Go to the next slide, please. Now, the upper level. So this is looking down. This could see onto the main level. This is where the basketball court would be. Uh, this is all the bottom level. You wouldn't see this from up here. So this second level is our youth space. And so there's one, two, three, four, five classrooms up here, a couple of bathrooms in this second level here. This, would be, this is where, where we're planning to relocate our youth, get them out of that dungeon area, uh, and get them up here where uh, our, our church family can be closer together. Long-term plan is to have every uh, classroom on this one uh, main level or just a youth in that secondary level there. And so all of our teaching, all of our ministry will be on one main level in the long term. All right. Next slide. All right. So this is not a very good picture. Uh, let's go ahead and skip it and go to the next one. All right, this one's been darkened up a little bit. So this kind of gives you a bird's eye view. If you're standing on uh, the rail here on the second level, looking down at the basketball gym, this would be the door here going into this sanctuary. This is a, a platform area where we could have services. If something, if we were, uh, when time comes to remodel this space, uh, to brighten it up, freshen it up, uh, then we have a place to host services while this is under construction. We could also host youth meetings in this building uh, and have a, a great space uh, for those, those areas. All right, now go ahead, next slide. All right, so that's just kind of looking on. I don't know that you can see it. It's actually clearer on the back wall. Y'all can look at that one uh, for some reason. These are not very clear. I'll go ahead. Uh, that, I think that kind of gives us a picture of what we were looking for. I'm sorry. I didn't have quite enough time to get those darkened up. When we put them on the wall, they weren't quite as bright as they looked uh, when they were on my little screen. All right. Listen, our plans currently are into engineering. Uh, oh, that, go, back to that, go back to that last one. Can y'all see this? All right, so this is kind of looking at that gymnasium floor here. There's a roll-up door for storage. There's the kitchen area. This is our classrooms up above, and you can see uh, already, you can see the, the kids playing on the gymnasium floor, having fun, serving the Lord. Isn't that going to be awesome? All right. All right, you can turn the lights back up. Let's call that good. We look at this building, and we, we, uh, I want to encourage you uh, to be praying. Above everything else, we don't want to enter in, into anything without God's help. And so as a result, we're asking God uh, to lead and to direct and to guide us because we need that now more than ever. There's going to be some special times of prayer and fasting this year for the building, for uh, God's direction, and we'll announce those on special times. And we'll encourage you to be part of our time of prayer and fasting. We need God. Amen? Amen. Listen, every, every Sunday morning, we have a, a team of men that meet together in my office, and, and I, just every time we gather in there, someone inevitably confesses to God, God, we need you. We can't do this without you. Every time when I meet with the Lord in my prayer closet, I can tell you, every time inevitably I come before God and I say, God, I need you. I, I can't do this without you. I can't, I can't do anything without you. Listen, and this is going to be especially the case uh, as it will take energy and time and resources. And so as a result, some of our ladies were asking about our calendar. And let me just share with you, there may not be some things on there this coming year that we had last year because we're not trying to make sure that we balance uh, the energies that it takes to build a building in this process. Our plans are currently with engineering, and once we get those back, the committee's going to review them one more time. They will send them off to county for permits to build. Once we get those permits in hand, we're going to have a groundbreaking ceremony and kick off the building of the building. But remember the purpose. It's not just to build buildings. My name's not going to be on it anywhere. Uh, it's, it's all for the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and the reason we want to build is to share Christ 
so that others can come to know Jesus as their Savior. We want to be able to teach Christ so that uh, with nine new places of teaching, others may be able to uh, grow in our connection groups and increase and host discipleships places. Uh, we want to be able to fellowship together. Listen, it is important as a family of God that we are able to come together. But how are we going to get there? By trusting in the leading of our God. And that's why we must have times of prayer and fasting. And, and I want to encourage you uh, to be praying, God, how can I have a special part in this? Starting next week on Sunday nights, we're going to have a special series on stewardship. And, and we'll finish Revelation, uh, God willing, this year, unless the Lord raptures us out first. I'm not sure which. But listen, I want to start a, a series uh, leading up to I Love My Church Sunday. And the series will be on stewardship, not because of, uh, because of anything, but we, listen, we look at the, the world around us and we see the, the uh, increased costs and we see the chaos and we see families that are struggling. And, and it's just on my heart that God would help us to be good stewards of what God has entrusted with us. And so we'll be dealing with that idea of stewardship on Sunday nights. I encourage you, don't miss the next four Sunday nights. But listen, what I realize is we wouldn't be in this building without the faithfulness of God's people. I rejoice that when we begin this project, as of right now, even there are, there's over 800000 in savings to put toward this project. Listen, on February 11th, we're going to be asking God, God, what would you have me do personally to give to this project? I Love My Church Sunday will be a day of commitment. God, I want to be part of helping that building get off the ground. God, our family wants to set aside maybe these funds so that we can help this, this building get off the ground. D.L. Moody said, if God be your partner, is God our partner? This is what he said, make your plans big. I believe uh, Brother Moody had it correct, and that's why before we ever begin building, that's why we want to have time of prayer and commitment to God. And we'll call on times of fasting, and we'll ask the Lord to, just to help us as we take steps of faith. Listen, we don't want to build anything without God's leading. We don't want to build anything without God's partnership. partnership. A number of years ago, the Associated Press released a study done by an agricultural school in Iowa. And it reported that the production of corn, of 100 bushels of corn from one acre of land, in addition to the many hours of the farmer's labor, required 4 million pounds of water, 680,000 pounds, excuse me, 6,800 pounds of oxygen, 5,200 pounds of carbon, 160 pounds of nitrogen, 125 pounds of potassium, 75 pounds of yellow sulfur, and many other elements too numerous to list. In addition to these things, which no man can produce, was rain and sunshine at the right time, which was critical. And it was estimated that only 5% of the produce of a farm can be attributed to the efforts of a man. So if we're honest, and we'd have to admit the same is true in producing spiritual fruit. Amen. We, are, we are probably even less than 5%. We need God's help this year. We need Him to help us in our outreach. We need Him to help us uh, because without Him, no one could be saved. We need His help to help us grow because without Him, listen, His Spirit is the one that guides us into truth. We need His help to, to build because he's, he's the one that holds cattle on a thousand hills. And so let us remember as we labor together, we're building for eternity. Daniel Webster said, If we work on marble, it will perish. If we work on brass, time will efface it. If we rear up, rear up temples, they will crumble into dust. 
But if we work on immortal minds and imbued them with principles, with the just fear of God and love of our fellow men, we engrave on those tablets something that will brighten all eternity. And so let us labor together. Let us tonight come and say, God, I'm ready to dedicate. Lord, I'm ready to just surrender my life. Lord, I want to labor together with Jesus Christ in humility and sincerity and be able to say, God, we want to pray together as a church family this very first Sunday of the year. God, as we laid out some of these plans and some of these saw some of these pictures and we have an idea of what God has before us, let us be willing to say, God, above everything else, Lord, we just need you as we start this year. And let me just remind you, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, the greatest thing you need is the salvation that He has provided. And as people come and pray during our invitation time, and church, I do want to invite you to let's come and let's kneel at the altar. Let's give our heart to the Lord as we start this year. But maybe you're not saved. And maybe God is calling you and say, come and be saved today. Thank you so much for joining us today. It is such a privilege to share God's Word with you. If God has spoken to your heart because of the message, stop right now and respond to whatever it is God is asking of you. Don't wait another minute. You can pray right where you're at and ask God for His help. If this message has helped you in any way, we would love to hear from you. Let us know if you have any questions or we can help you with your decision. Jesus asked his disciples, who do ye say that I am? And he offers the same question to you today. What would your answer be?